The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. We're returning to News Talk's transport survey conducted by Amoric. Uh, the research was released earlier this week and it gives insights into people's attitudes towards uh, private and public transport. And joining me now to discuss the survey's findings is Anne Graham, who's CEO of the National Transport Authority. Anne, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks, Anton. Delighted to be here. And having had a look through it, the first thing that I, I, I would like your view on is the data around the likelihood of people transferring from their car to public transport. Because what the findings suggest is that people would shift to using the car or to using public transport if it was uh, more frequent and reliable. If we had reliable and frequent public transport, would that encourage you to give up your car? 61% say yes. So how do we get there? Well, we get there by investment in public transport infrastructure and services and Actually, I was very heartened to see that level of uh, interest in, you know, reliable and frequent transport services and that people would give up their car. And I suppose we've seen that um, where we have invested in services in Dublin and in our cities in particular, um, people have responded and we've been up to COVID we were seeing 10% increases on public transport usage year on year, which is spectacular growth. Uh, COVID obviously has had an impact. But again, uh, people have returned to public transport very significantly. We're back actually higher than pre-COVID levels. Um, and we're an unusual country uh, from that point of view as well. So, And when we look at what attracts people to, to public transport, I assume if you take Dublin as a case in point, the yeah. Lewis is the case in point. Regular Frequent. Relatively, well, pretty much totally reliable, frequent, predictable, all of that. That's always the issue that comes up when people talk about public transport, particularly when they talk about the bus network. Is that thing of ghost buses or you cannot be absolutely sure that you will get a bus when you're meant to get a bus that'll get you where you need to be on time? And that's a particular issue um, that was an issue last year. um, And that was down to the fact that um, a number of our operators uh, didn't have enough drivers to deliver services. And as a result, services were cancelled and they still appeared on the real-time service. Um, and then people, you know, with the phenomenon then of ghost buses. Now, we're in a much better place now this year. A uh, huge amount of recruitment, a big recruitment drive for drivers. And our operators, particularly in Dublin now and across the, the country as well, are back to the levels of staff that they need, almost the levels of staff they need. And can the ghost bus be eradicated so the real-time information is actual real-time of what's on the road? It can do, but sometimes uh, the failure or, you know, the the cancellation happens very quickly so they uh, don't get an opportunity to make that change. And if there's a lot of changes that need to be made, which was the case last year, it's very hard for the controllers to keep up with all the level of change. But in normal circumstances, you know, with normal numbers of drivers and fleet being available, uh, they should be in a position to And it's done physically them. by human controllers. It's it not is, done by yeah. GPS and a computer system. It is because it's based on the schedule. You put in a scheduled service. This is the service that we want that should be delivered. Um, and then that scheduled service has to be cancelled out. Thanks. Um, that's a bit that I don't understand. I can go on a, a flight tracker app and I can see in real time every aircraft that's in the sky, where it is, what altitude it is, what speed it's going, what it's heading is. Why can't we have the same for buses? Because the bus... Uh, 
uh, tracking system is a bit different. It was originally designed actually to know, um, uh, to manage the services, not to deliver real time uh, information. So the older versions of what are called automatic vehicle location systems are based initially you track what's scheduled and actually what you're, you're, they were set up for was to manage the performance of drivers or f- sorry, not the performance of drivers, but the performance of the operators to see where they operating the level of services that they were contracted to But operate. would it be beyond our bounds to swap and that then, out for a GPS in real and time? And then it was moved to then uh, use that data to per, pu- uh, publish real-time data. All that systems are all going to be updated uh, on our bus system. We were procuring uh, a new automatic vehicle location system and we hope that that will improve certainly the operation uh, of our real-time system as well. The but, other thing though that I, I want your view on that the... Um, survey reveals is just how wedded people are to the roads and to cars. To what extent do you agree or disagree with the government's decision to pause all road upgrades? Strongly disagree 42%, disagree 36%. Uh, So you've about 70 plus percent of people who still want money poured into the road networks and you still have a huge percentage of people who don't want to give up their car. And we recognise that, you know, public transport is not going to be able to offer an alternative for every journey that's done across Ireland, particularly when we look at how dispersed our population is, uh, particularly in rural Ireland. So, I mean, in terms of investment priorities, we had a significant investment in the motorway infrastructure and road infrastructure over uh, a number of years ago. And that investment wasn't available for the public transport system. And all we're really asking is that there's a, a rebalance in terms of investment um, so that we can now invest significantly in our public transport system, both rail, uh, light rail and bus, in order to be able to offer the reliable and frequent services that people have asked for. And that, and that they have a choice, um, not for all of their journeys, but for you know a good proportion of their journeys, particularly in cities. And that's what's going to drive our emissions. That's going to is what is going to drive down carbon emissions. That's what's going to make our cities and towns particularly attractive to walk, cycle and use public transport. Can I ask you one, and this may not be within your remit, so feel free to tell me to um, get knotted if it is not. The When it comes to the road network, one of the things that slightly baffles me is the inconsistency around tolls. If you go up the M1, you are told you can't use a smartwatch or a smartphone to pay because of section whatever of the Road Traffic Act, which is getting a bit Jesuitical with the use of phones if you're just using them to pay for a toll. But almost every other toll booth allows you to. And likewise, there are some toll booths that decide that your vehicle is one class and other toll booths decide. Why is it not just all the same everywhere? I'm afraid, Anton, that is outside my remit. Unfortunately, you'll have to Curses. ask others around that. We can, I can only uh, respond on behalf of the public transport system and the taxi system as well, which is obviously... Well, let's uh, talk briefly about that. What about drivers who are evidently reluctant to use credit card machines, though they have them? Because I think a lot of people will text this show and say that they will have said, have you got the credit card? Oh, well, it's not working great today. Or have you got cash? And if you want to use the credit card, you have to drag them there kicking and screaming. Um, And yes, um, and it's now covered by regulations. So last year we introduced a regulation that required taxi drivers to take a card payment. Um, so that's now in place. And if uh, taxi drivers are insisting on cash payments, well, then we'd like the customers of those taxis to let us know uh, and to complain and get the information on uh, TFI, transportforireland.ie, and they'll find a way to complain. Because Do the taxi drivers get recompensed for the additional costs that there might be in payment processing? That, was, they- that was included in the fare increase that they got last year, which was uh, an average of 12% increase. But the fare fares. increase stays the same whether I pay cash or credit card. So it is more expensive for them if I pay credit card. Is that right? It, 
by a small, very small proportion, you know, um, um, but, you know, significantly, you know, we know that uh, customers want to use cards to pay and don't want to carry cash at particular times. Uh, and it's now regulated that taxi drivers are required to take car payments. One of the things that tends to happen when you ask people questions is there is there is often a discrepancy between their actual real behaviour when it's put where their money has to follow their mouth versus what they say to surveys. Can I ask you your view on one of these because I'm sceptical about it? The question was, if we had free public transport, would that encourage you to give up your car? And 41% of people said yes, if it was free. My understanding is that doesn't tend to come to fruition in real life. Uh, No, um, like the analysis that we have done uh, and we've even checked to see what has happened in countries or in cities where they have introduced um, free fares, what has been the impact on people's travel. And what we have found um, is that people don't transfer from car, not to a very large extent, maybe about 1%. But the majority uh, or the majority of the transfer is actually people that would have been walking or cycling, you know, so they actually, instead of doing their short trips by walking, cycling, they, they just actually, step on the bus step or step on the, on the Lewis. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't really drive behaviour from the point of view of car drivers. But just from the research, I, I see, obviously, you know, um, in terms of price sensitivity, younger people are more price sensitive. And of course, they will be more encouraged if the fares were free. Um, but in response to that, uh, the government did introduce um, and gave us the funding in order for us to be able to introduce a 50% uh, young adult card, you know, for students and young adults that get a 50% reduction off the adult fare across all our public transport services, you know. So that has driven more younger people actually and young adults to use public transport, which is probably why we're seeing the great growth in our public transport numbers compared to other countries. I know this may be a a complete side issue, but is there anything that can be done to make it easier to complement or praise good service from the public network? Because I had a bus driver go miles out of his way to be helpful to me about a week ago and I tweeted Dublin Bus to say, can I say thank you to this driver? And it was sort of, well, if you you file form 787B in triplicate, it was like, I'm grateful, I'm not that grateful. Yeah. Is there any faster customer service route that could be put in place? Well, uh, certainly the on the taxi side, we actually seek compliments as well as comments or complaints, you know. So we present it, as do most of the operators would present it, that if you want to complain, yes. But if you want to also compliment, please bring that forward as well. Um, we're looking to, to provide a consolidated contact centre across all our public transport system. Um, and we will be setting up that if, you know, uh, if you do want to compliment a driver or a service, you, you will put that through um, what will be a, a, a united con- uh, contact centre and we will get that information back to the operator. Briefly, while we're on the topic of it, when you talk to any of the staff on uh, our services, whether they be bus drivers, whether they be the train managers on, on intercity trains, they face some fairly significant challenges with public order and with difficult behaviour from staff. Is enough being done to support them? I mean, I know there's greater security now than there has been, but is it enough? Uh, well, I would believe that it is. Obviously, um, if there is anything else required, the public uh, transport operators and their the staff managers would bring forward proposals to us uh, to see what can be done. You know, um, anything that needs to be done from the point of view of infrastructure, we'd be very open to doing any more than that. Uh, as you know, antisocial behaviour is a problem in society. But in terms of, you know, the the all the, the 
uh, journeys that are done, there's only a very small percentage of journeys where you would witness or be a victim of uh, antisocial behaviour. And when we survey customers, um, the vast majority of people say they feel safe or very safe on all public transport, including uh, light rail and rail, where, you know, some of the incidents can be uh, more serious. So, you know, yes, um, incidents happen but the majority of people still do feel safe on their public transport. It's like saying people will certainly use frequent predictable public transport, but it must be safe and secure. We're all aware of the antisocial behaviour that frequently happens on our public transport system. Without safe and secure, very few people will make the switch. And I'm one of them. And then a series of people with the kind of text that I, I suspect it must be that the, the challenge in your organisational's remit uh, your organisation's remit. I live a two minute walk from Shankill Dart Station. I work in Crumlin. I have to get a dart to Black Rock, then a bus to Crumlin. One and a half hours to get there, 30 minutes by car, public transport, not an option. I assume that is the, the constant the challenge. challenge. Yeah, that's the constant challenge. And like in terms of the bus system, what we're trying to do is reduce the journey times by putting in best, better bus priority and putting more integrated uh, service, including orbital services as well. And we introduced two of them uh, last weekend on the western side to make those kind of links that are rather than having to go into town and then come back out of town. And then just in terms of antisocial behaviour, it's not a frequent occurrence. It is a small percentage of journeys. Um, but unfortunately, with but social media... But it is more media, frequent on certain routes and at certain times. So there are yeah. those who will see it a lot, depending on which bus or train they end up taking. Yeah, possibly. But uh, in the overall scheme of things, it's still a small percentage of journeys. And with social media, it does get... It's those ones that are, you know, broadcast on social media do impact on on the perception of public transport. But what I want to say to cust- to people that may be considering public transport is not all services are like that. How did you get here today? I walked. Fair play. <laughs> and thank you very much. That is Anne Graham, who's Chief Executive of the National Transport uh, Authority and 53106 at a cost of 30 cent. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.